Hello, welcome to ATM, Artists Talk Movies, a podcast interviewing creatives about films that have inspired and or influenced their personal studio work. I'm Hyde Fontenot, and I'm here with co-host Aaron Stafford. We're here to talk about contemporary art and the creative impulse with new guests each episode. We're having casual conversations. We don't pretend to be authorities. We're hoping to give you a window into the visionary process of makers. Yeah, I got a great idea. What's your baby? You want to get with her? This is my advice. You got to do something. You got to like really do something. I hate working at the motel. Well, that's life, kid. Now, the first noble truth in Buddhism is that life sucks. How's it going, Hal? I'm good, Aaron. Welcome to our 31st episode. Oh, my. We're so mature. Did you realize oh this was going to be such a long-term relationship? I, you know what? I knew the moment I met you that you were going to be a lifelong friend <laughs> and somehow partner in no. some capacity. I did. I felt it. I remember exactly where we were when we met and who introduced us and everything. Was it Rachel Van Horn? It was Uh Rachel Van Horn. Uh And it was at the gallery that Lisa and I used to run here in Dallas. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. Yeah. I know. know. So Rachel Van Horn was a a writer in the scene in Dallas. Uh, Rest in peace. Mm -hmm. Uh, She Mm -hmm. died, I think, in uh, 2015. But like a wonderful person. Like just so generous and enthusiastic hilarious like she was the most yeah she was just a wonderful (laughs) and like intense and like (laughs) like, just i miss her but uh i do too too. well we have a special we have a special guest artist guest for this episode do you you want Um, me to introduce her or do you want to talk about the film first I'll go ahead and introduce the film. Um, And so this film that uh, we watched is called The Motel, Uh and it was debuted in 2005. Yeah. And then the director is Michael Kong, which um, he was sort of like, he wasn't actually, I think this was his debut, Uh and so he was kind of new to the whole filmmaking industry which is pretty cool and then i believe it won several awards um won the humanitarius prize at the sundance film festival humanitarius sorry i'm not saying that right no i've never heard that word yeah anyway yeah um and so it stars um it's a small cast um and i believe it's pretty much shot on like only just a couple, like a handful of locations. Like it's yes. pretty, um, yeah. like a little microcosm. Yeah. Um, it's starring uh, some kid actors, Jeffrey. Uh, oh shit, I'm gonna fuck this up. Uh, Chai. Oh, How do you spell God. it? I practiced this one too. C H U A. No, sorry, C H Y A U. Ooh. Chayo? Taro, do you know Chayo? how to say it? Cha. Uh, no, I didn't look that up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, crap. Well, maybe just rewind and go like, wonderful kid actors. Okay, okay uh, Soon Kong, uh, which actually I recognize that actor, yes. and I believe he has some um, 
parts in the um, franchise of Fast and Furious. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. which I, I was like, I knew I recognized that yeah. dude, even though I, I think I've seen like glimmers of that movie okay. or that franchise. Yeah. Um, Jade Wu and then Samantha um, Futterman. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, so why don't you tell us a little bit about okay. Tara? Like our guest artist, yes. Um, yeah. This week, we'll be speaking with the brilliantly subversive Taro Wagner, mm. who sometimes uses the uh, pen name Taro Kuhn. Uh, he is biracial folk artist based in Dallas, Texas. Uh, I first became aware of Taro's sketchbook-style drawings while he was represented at uh, by the now-defunct Public Trust Gallery in Dallas. Oh. Uh, the artist is heavily inspired by Japanese manga, anime, and illustration. Uh, Taro navigates topics such as growing up straddling two cultures in the American South, observations of his community, and struggles with identity and mental health. Uh, as generous as he is talented, Taro has created opportunities for many of his community peers by organizing the Super Fantasy Mercado, a showcase mm -hmm. for dozens of artists during the festival Decolonize Dallas. Uh, in 2015, he curated a project at Central Track that was uh, an exhibition of an international survey of zines called the Zine Library. Uh, he and his wife, Milan, um, were curators of the Safe Room Gallery in Oak Cliff's historic Texas theater, uh, the very same theater where Lee Harvey Oswald was apprehended after he supposedly shot and killed President John F. Kennedy in 1963. Yeah, they nabbed him from, from the seats in the theater. Um, so Taro is part of the collective Lunch Buddies with Brent Ozetta and Brendan uh, Polk, and he followed this endeavor by forming Milky Boys with... Fabio Moreno, Connor Hill, Mac Brink Brinker, Milan Wynn, Brent Ozetta, David uh, Giannata, uh, Brendan Polk, and Tom Anthony. Uh, Taro has been included in group shows at the Power Station, Plush Gallery, and at UTD's Spin Gallery, as well as he had work in the Gun and Knife show and That Mortal Coil, both at Central Track. Uh, for the last two years, Taro has acted as founder and curator of the Poo Poo Pee Pee Gallery um, <laughs> and Toilet at SMU by commandeering and reimagining an oversized bathroom facility as a space for art. Uh, Taro's current body of work um, focuses on anthropomorphic ceramic sculptures, zines, and mini comics. Mini, M-I-N-I. Uh, mini comics printed on the Rizzo project he runs with his wife, uh, Milan. Uh, the press is called Strange Powers Press. Uh, he's organizing the upcoming Dallas Zine Fest with Tractor Beam and will be holding workshops using, again, the Rizzo printers. Welcome, Taro. Hey, thank you. <laughs> hey, um, yeah, thank you guys for the privilege of being on the show. Um, you're both like such oh, yeah. amazingly accomplished artists. Um, Oh my uh, god! I love both y'all's work. I love both y'all's work. <laughs> I, I just like went back on your website and I was like, "Fuck, dude, he updated it." It's like, I really oh. like it. Like the look of your Ooh, new website. I'm gonna check that out. And, um, oh, thanks. Yeah, and Aaron, I, I I love your work at that show at the Fort Worth uh, Community Art Center. Oh I saw, man, yeah, yeah. That yeah. Work was awesome. Oh, cool. <laughs> um, thank, thank you. Thank you for going. Yeah. 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 
You know, it's funny. I was um, I was dabbling on IMDb like you do researching a podcast. <laughs> uh-huh. And I was like, you know, I think Hyde's on IMDb. I, uh-huh. And I'm not sure if it's... Are you... You are officially on IMDb. Yeah. Hyde? Yeah, you are. <laughs> I was like... That's my co-host yeah. on <laughs> But not under my porn name. <laughs> oh, yeah. I have a, a DVD Hyde lent me of, like, his uh, short film work and music videos. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah, dude, From we watched that 90s. all the time. It's, yeah. it's super uh, good. Like, uh, I've seen yeah. that. Yeah. Those are uh, great. Taro, <laughs> this uh, is about you. We need to celebrate you. Yeah. I wanted to make so <laughs> you're a I wanted to make a small correction on the Super Fantasy Mercado. Um, that was a collaboration with Brent Ozeda in Milan as well. We all like yep. co-curated it, and then um, the Dalzine Fest. Also, again, I'm working with Milan Win and uh, Brent Ozeda on that as well. That's great. So, yeah. You guys are a dynamic oh, cool. trio. Yeah, thru- pa- power oh, thruple. <laughs> 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 What is your history with this movie, Taro? Like, did you see it when it came out, or was it like later that you watched it? Um, I didn't watch it when it came out. Um, yeah, like I, there wasn't very many like movies for kind of like Asian Americans to watch growing up, and so like it wasn't yeah. really on my radar. Um, uh-huh. But uh, again, Brent Ozeda, you know, one of my besties. Uh, he let me borrow it uh, pretty early on when we first met, and I thought it was really funny. Um, that was probably like, what is it now, 2022? Shit, it must have been like mm. 11 years ago when I first saw it. And yeah, um, on rewatch, it's funny, like, I think I had put that movie maybe in like one of my top 15. Now, yeah. now I don't know mm-hmm. if I feel that way about it, but... <laughs> but um, <laughs> I still really like it, and I think it's a really endearing portrait of that era, like 2005 Mm -hmm. indie film. Yeah, you know. Oh yeah, Uh, I loved it, and I had I had no idea of its existence. So thanks Mm -hmm. for turning us on to it. Oh yeah, no problem. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. I yeah, I mean, it felt really genuine, and you know, it wasn't trying to be too cool for school. Like it was just sort of like a really beautiful portrayal of um, a sort of in-between a boy that's a child becoming a grown-up. And it's just like, you know, the horrors that come Mm -hmm. with that. So (laughs) it's really relatable in a lot of ways. Right. It Um, it made me cry. Oh, nice. Yeah, Mm -hmm. with the ending. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I think that if you've got, like, complicated mom relationship issues yeah. like it kind of tugs at it, it sort of reminds me of how I, sometimes I feel about Norman Rockwell paintings like uh. they're sort of sappy um, mm. but they're very much like this American Americana like and not that Norman Rockwell depicted um, Asian Americans I don't think he ever did but like if he did this I think film would have resonated uh-huh. with him I mm-hmm. think. You know, it's but. funny that you bring up Norman Rockwell because I, when I was younger, I totally dismissed him, not mm. understanding the political power he kind of flexed because I thought oh, it yeah. was all nostalgia. I didn't look at those pictures in a critical way. 
But later, seeing like he was an activist through his art. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's very oh, true. Yeah, yeah. I, I never had that reading of him. I need to to relook at it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you gotta check out Norman yeah. Rockwell. It's yeah. it's fascinating. The painting that really comes to mind, I think he did for Time Life, but it's a little mm-hmm. black girl dressed in her school yeah. garb, holding her books, yeah. and there's like tomatoes thrown against the wall where she's walking. Oh shit! So yes. she's you know kind of having to walk the gauntlet, and she's a kid, you know. Yeah. yeah. But um, I yeah. I feel like yeah, for someone like him to make that picture, um, that was mm-hmm. he was definitely saying like shame on you, America. Yeah, and I think he even got fired maybe for oh. wanting to depict more African Americans in his paintings. Wow. Like he yeah. was, you know, yeah, for of his time, he was pretty progressive. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, there's a special place in my heart for Norman yeah. Rockwell for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, Taro, could you, um, for our listeners who maybe haven't seen it, by the way, it is free on Tubi, which is how I saw it. Okay. Um, I don't know where. What platform were you two using to see this movie? Uh, like, did I, you already own it, or I used uh, Prime uh, and I rented it the first time, and then I used Tubi mm-hmm. to rewatch it to just make sure I knew what I was talking about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it is available. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. out there. Yeah, um, yeah. So Tar, if you could give us a quick kind of recap. Cool. Um, Yeah, I mean, like, uh, the basic gist of the story is it's uh, about 13-year-old Ernest. He's a um, Chinese-American, I think American. I'm not sure if it was Canada or America. It seemed a little Canada-ish, but... Yeah. um, But let's just say American, so, like, Mm Asian-American, and his mom owns a motel, and Mm -hmm. she runs it with uh, his grandfather... Uh, the dad doesn't yeah. seem to be in the picture, and there's a lot of yeah. sex work coming through the uh, hotel, and yeah. uh, maybe just some stuff that, like, a 13-year-old and his younger sister, I don't know if it's the best thing for them to be exposed to. Right. But right. it's a, yeah. it's about him kind of going through puberty and, and interacting with, like, the three women in his life, which would be his mom, uh, a, a girl that he's interested in, Christine. Who's, and mm-hmm. uh, his little sister. And then uh, a kind of like wild card um, Asian daddy character that comes in to, yeah. <laughs> to kind of like... Uh-huh. Like older brother. Yeah. yeah. Initiation of into fucked up manhood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, it's kind of just about and, that. And then I think it just kind yeah. of like plays on that uh, setting, you know? Yeah, and he's, as, like, an immigrant family, like, the children are working. Like, he's running the front desk, mm-hmm. he's yeah. cleaning the rooms, and he's also, like, getting the spoils of what people leave behind. <laughs> yes. There's a box of chicken at one point, he's contemplating uh. eating, and then he doesn't, and then he does, and <laughs> he finds some dirty magazines. He screams before he opens the box of chicken, which was one of my favorite parts because he's just like this horrible scream. And then he has the has this idea that, you know, if you scream before, it won't be so scary, yeah. which I, I think is probably true. I, I, I kind of do something similar um, with uh, <laughs> like if I'm like scared to do something, for example, like rats or squirrels in the attic, like, you know, I had to like kind of evict them <laughs> recently. 
Um, like, uh-huh. <laughs> I'll, I will blast, like, Wu-Tang Clan or something on my phone. <laughs> just, like, I will go up there, like, I, I have gloves on, like, duct taped, like, long sleeve shirt around it, socks, like, mask, glasses. <laughs> I don't want any of that, that stuff wow. to touch me. And then just playing Wu-Tang, like, gives you that, like, extra boost of strength. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I can, I, I, you know, think that's kind of like the scream, you know. Screaming yeah. before open the chicken. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That yeah. scene was awesome. Totally. I was wondering what was going to be in the chicken box if it was like <laughs> somebody like decapitated someone. Right. Or like just but... a <laughs> condom over a chicken tender or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like that, that porn fight. Oh my God. Like that in, in the film that, <laughs> that touched me so hard. <laughs> Um, because the, when, when they're reading the, 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 oh, is yeah. that what you're talking oh, about? No, when, when he like picture? lifts the, yeah, he just sees the porno underneath the, uh, chicken box. <laughs> like <laughs> that, that get, I guess for a boy of that age, you know, of that time also, cause you know, nowadays kids, they can just go on their phone or like, you know, anybody yeah. can just go on their mm-hmm. phone and see, see, see some shit. But like back then, yeah. like, oh my God, you had to. You had to get some like access that way. I remember I went in. I went into um, a Tom Thumb with my dad, and like, dude, in the cart, like, there was a fucking hustler. Yeah, what? like just sitting in like the where the kid seat area is on the cart, and like, oh, I feel no. like my eyes bulged out, and my dad didn't notice it, and like, I had this like conflict in me where I was like, okay, do I just snatch it and then like stick it in my like in, in my pants and then just like share it with my friends you know like or or do i just leave it and then like circle back try to get it and then um i ended up thinking it was too risky so like i uh i just you know walked away with my dad and but on the way out i was like please be there please be there i like kind of ran out ahead of him a little bit and, and i was kind of disappointed was it still there? It, it wasn't, wasn't there. there. Some probably some other thirteen-year-old <laughs> snatched that up. <laughs> yeah, or somebody was like, "Shit, I left my porn at the Tom." Right. Oh, damn it! I gotta yeah. go. I just couldn't put that article down. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I thought it was interesting that um, specifically, I believe the pornography in the movie was like. Um, targeted or not targeted, but like depicting Asian. Yeah. Women, yes. Which is like a huge, like fetish, like sort of, you know, um, like part of our, yeah. our American uh-huh. culture. Like exotic, exoticism. Is that what? Ye- yeah. 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 <laughs> and I'm, I have a whole file of porn <laughs> titled, <laughs> is this racist? Because it's like, <laughs> Because it's like they're trying to play with like erotic elements that are also really like racially loaded. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it'll be like a black model that has like, you know, they're laying on like leopard skin or something. Mm-hmm. Oh, so my it, can, it can be like somewhat subtle and then sometimes overt, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like, yeah, that was pretty key in this movie is like that, that play mm-hmm. of like, um, the Asian woman fetishization and then yeah. um, mm-hmm. like the there's kind of like a a thought 
going around and i i mean i low-key subscribe to it uh but like there was a <laughs> a desexualization of asian men that was happening since like yes the, like yeah. chinese were building the railroads and stuff like that they kind of like emasculated uh-huh. them a little bit i guess uh-huh. yeah uh-huh. um but like yeah i feel like they, they have this like kind of dynamic with that in the film that that's interesting um i feel like it's dangerous to like talk about that kind of stuff too much yeah because... well this podcast is all about danger <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> We're always on the verge of getting canceled. I am. Convinced, uh, so. No, you're you're absolutely right, though. Continue, yeah. you know, like yeah. if you if you're comfortable. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I mean, shit, dude. Like, I I'm not represented by any galleries right now. Like, if I get canceled, I guess shit. But you know, it's you bring up a really good point, which is like, are we going to have thoughtful discourse? Or are things just off limits? Because if we can't talk about things, we have no way of developing like different attitudes or well and honestly i mean i was just gonna say that i think some people aren't really even aware i mean like i think that like i i've studied a lot of um like tropes in movies like that's something that i am really interested Mm -hmm. in Uh because for i just think it's sort of fascinating how we attempt to distill like a character in a trope and and how like backwards it can be or how harmful it can be anyway so i'm always like looking i'm like yeah 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 i see but i'm also looking for the subversion and i think that this movie also subverts that idea of the um desexualized asian man Uh that we see like time and time and time again like the the character um sam was really sexy you know, yeah. and sexual. Yeah. Like he was fucking. Yeah. He was fucking. He was fucking. I think. Yeah. And I was like, that's nice to see, yeah. you know, because uh-huh. it doesn't happen and, often you know, enough. There was an interesting moment, too. I don't know if you were going to bring this up, Taro, mm. but with, so he keeps, this guy Sam keeps bringing prostitutes back to his uh, hotel room, motel room. Mm-hmm. And um, they show him with one woman, and he's sitting on the bed. Uh, facing him uh, wait she's standing and he's sitting on the bed and he's hugging her mm-hmm. he's looking mm-hmm. up at her kind of like kind of worshipping her and you can see that he really wants to have this intimate emotional experience and she just goes mm-hmm. are we going to fuck or not and, mm-hmm. and right. uh, you, your heart breaks a little bit for him because while he's also like playing this role, this character of being a playboy and speeding up in a sports car and being really flashy and like impulsive, he's also like heartbroken and lonely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that um, yeah, that scene's like that. That scene made, when I when I saw it, it made me feel like oh, they are, like, kind of going with the the desexualization mm. stereotype. But I know it's mm. kind of also, like, also, like, a layer to his character, you know, like, to show yeah. that he's, like, oh, maybe he has some, like, romantic, you know, strings yeah. in him that he, he wants, but, like, you know, what, whatever. I mean, like, I, I, I watching yeah. the film, I wondered, like, what the fuck did you do, man? Like, you know. Yeah. Right. How'd you yeah. fuck up? He's, right. Yeah. 
And and so we we see later that he's uh, kind of stalking his ex-wife mm-hmm. and he's letting himself into their house and he takes the kid with him and he's falling out of a tree trying to call her and such. But uh, he, uh, yeah, it's like Peaches. He's trying to fuck the pain away. Like he's, <laughs> mm-hmm. he's being a bad boy because he is, he's, he's going through a rough emotional time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think you end up feeling for him. I mean, he go he does do a creepy thing where he goes into, I believe, his ex's house or yeah. something and, like, rearranges the furniture. Yeah, because like, she had moved things, and he was like, why did she, she move like things? It. Yeah, it was yeah. fine the way it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. It, yeah. It's a special film, I think. Like, in that it's it's thoughtful, and it's, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, the, the, yeah, it's all there. Yeah. So, Sam also, so in his um, attempts at being, like, a good person, like, trying to um, get this kid, Ernest, to, like, kind of break out of his shell or maybe just to sort of, like, I don't know, like, I don't know exactly how to describe, like, what he's attempting to do, but he's attempting to, like, relate or develop some sort of relationship with this kid in a, a, like, a loving Mm -hmm. way, Mm -hmm. you know. But then he gives them, like, terrible advice. <laughs> yeah, like, bad uncle advice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's the archetype of, like, the bumbling uh-huh. dad. Yeah. The, like, yeah. the, the older, uh, fig- uh, you know, male role model that doesn't doesn't have such a great grasp of yeah. how to operate. Or just, like, recognizing that he's talking to a 13-year-old who's never had sex before right. or, like, even barely gets the opportunity to masturbate. And it's just, like... Right. Mm-hmm. Just a little advanced, yeah. you know, if not, like... Like, like the character doesn't have any privacy and he's, like, he has to wait for his, he, his mom and his little sister to fall sister. asleep. And he's, like, trying to masturbate <laughs> at the foot of their bed. You can, you can tell he's, like, he's got an itch to scratch and the whole time he's just wanting to scratch right. that. Itch, you know. Oh I was like, bless his heart. in the bathroom, <laughs> I know. Or in the yeah, shower, like, right? I mean, yeah. you know what's funny is that, and this is slightly, un- slightly very unrelated, almost. But um, <laughs> I, in our last episode, I mentioned how I'm an advocate for not circumcising. <laughs> mm. I thought you were going to say masturbation. <laughs> no, 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 all for masturbation with your family but, in the room. <laughs> yeah, and I try to convince couples who are going to have a boy. I'm like. Think about it. Just think about mm-hmm. it for a second. Anyway. Uh-huh. And then some of their um, arguments are like, well, it gets kind of grody, <laughs> you know. And I'm like, what boy isn't in the shower playing um, with his dick, you know. And like, it's going to get clean. It's fine, guys. <laughs> but like, anyway. <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> oh. So you're advocating for masturbating with soap. Is what you're doing. Soap or shower time. Like, those are good times to explore your body. Yeah. Like, I mean, but obviously, like, him with his sister's bunny rabbit is funnier. Yeah. Oh, so, like, God. Yeah. You know, right. If not, like, upsetting. You're like, oh, God. <laughs> but, um. Yeah, so he's, how, he's trying to hump his sister's yeah. toy. Oh, it's a bunny. Right, yeah. it's, a, it's a puppet, right? He's playing at the end of the bed with her. Which... And then he's you know, fucking. Bunny, yeah. <laughs> and bunny rabbits are a symbol of fertility, mm, so right. it's so appropriate. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Um, Taro, can you tell 
the our listeners like the advice that Sam gives Ernest before going on this like date with Christine, his friend. Oh, oh the waitress. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 So, um, he. Okay, well, some stuff happens. I guess Ernest gives him, uh, so <laughs> I guess we never talked about it, but Ernest had written a story mm. called The Motel that is, uh-huh. like, up for an award. Oh, it's kind of right. like a, yeah. a line through the, through the whole movie. But, um, yes. Yes. so in it, uh, you never get to read it, but I'm, I'm, from what I understand, it's about Christine, his, like, kind of it love interest, the older girl next door type. Um, and he... He gives it to Sam to read. And then so mm-hmm. Sam goes and reads it. And then he's he says something like, uh, like, oh, you didn't tell me that <laughs> that she was Chinese, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And he was like, well, what do you say? I think I, I wrote I wrote down the line, actually, like uh, uh, he said. Oh, no, no, no. Did you find it? Because he's he's kind of saying like. Oh, if she's Chinese, she's not going to want a, another Asian guy. She's going to go for oh, a white guy. Yeah. Um, but but if you found the line, you can do it verbatim. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, basically, it's like, yeah. Uh, she doesn't she doesn't want another Chinese guy. Like, she's trying to uh-huh. escape from that. So, you know, uh-huh. no matter how many stories you write about her, she's not going to love you. It's kind of like uh-huh. the the advice he gives at first, but then he's like, but if you want to, <laughs> if you do want to get with mm-hmm. her, uh, and then it cuts to him, like, uh, like stealing his mom's car and like <laughs> yes. kind of being spontaneous with her. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Going to the award ceremony mm-hmm. in theory. Yeah. And he, yeah. Cause he doesn't know where it is or anything. Yeah. 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 Oh my. This was before GPS. Right? And, yeah. And then, know. so he's driving with her and they're having fun. And then like, eventually it gets start, starts to get really late. I'm surprised they didn't get caught before. Like, this <laughs> seemed like oh, they were yeah. driving yeah. for a long time. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, like the Christine's like, Hey, uh, do you know where you, where you're going? And then it's kind of like a dark road. And like, um, he's like, you're like, yeah, of course I know, you know, but clearly he doesn't, I guess. And then, so she starts looking at a map and then he's like, fuck that map, you know? (laughs) And and then he throws like kind of like a little temper tantrum and kind of confesses to her. And it it kind of like not a, not the best way. It's never, that's never worked for me. I don't know about y'all, but... um, Did you write that line down, Taro? He said, uh, yeah, he was like, I want to kiss you or something like that. And she's like, ew, like, I don't, I don't see you that way. Like, I kind of see you like a little Uh brother. She's like, but I want to fuck you. (laughs) Uh And it's like, no. I think he actually says, I want to put my hard cock between your legs. Yes, yes. Oh my God. And it's so like zero to a thousand miles an hour that she's just like, what? But, you know, in that instance, Taro, I saw your drawings. Oh, yeah. Like, there's something about... So, uh, for any listeners that haven't seen uh, Taro's uh, graphic work yet, you know, uh, I feel like you illustrate a lot of, like, really awkward, (laughs) sometimes, like, super sexy, sometimes, like, sweaty (laughs) discomfort moments. Uh And... 
And like, uh, I kind of, I saw this character as almost like a muse for you because of how well it illustrates like adolescent, like awkwardness, discomfort, like being out of place. For sure. It's like, yeah, my exact type is this. <laughs> is yeah. I mean, yeah. like, uh, that's what I like to draw. Um, yeah, I like, I like cringy type moments i like awkwardness uncomfortable moments like yeah um and yeah like (laughs) i totally felt for felt for him in that moment like you don't Uh you don't even know what you know putting your hard cock in like between your legs means yeah and and just between her legs like yeah like Like whatever's there i'm not sure yeah like at that age like i remember like like 13 i was in middle school and i this one memory i have is like my friends all talking (laughs) about a girl giving somebody a blow like blowjobs like a lot of a lot of blowjobs at a party like i guess like she went through like a bunch of people Uh um and like (laughs) i remember thinking because i even at that age i I don't think i really understood how sex worked (laughs) And, and i said wow She's probably gonna have a lot of babies, <laughs> and uh, they all like looked at me like I was a moron. They're like, "Huh?" And I was like, "Oh, because you know, like if she's like sucking wieners, then like she's probably like." <laughs> <laughs> That's how it yeah. works. Yeah, they were probably fronting quite a bit too about their sexual knowledge. Yeah. Oh yeah, but um, totally. you know, and that's that's really funny. I feel like we hear stories like that. I remember you know being in junior high and hearing these stories about like, oh that teacher's a lesbian mm-hmm. and she like she's kind of a witch too and she's a lesbian with that other teacher and you know uh, or like like what you're saying like the girl that gives like multiple blowjobs at a party and it's like. Probably one guy lied about her, and then like mm-hmm. you know nine more lied about her. It's like that game telephone where it just keeps yeah. growing and growing. Yeah, you got a blowjob. Yeah. Well, I got a blowjob too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're all like, <laughs> uh, uh, the rat king of virginity. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> okay, so um, Taro, for a time in your work. Uh, your your cat was your muse mm. and it was sort of because he was he was an adolescent right oh yeah i guess you could say that yeah i never really thought about that but yeah yeah a young do you remember yeah Ch- you, chambo can you recall specific yeah are you talking about the, the orange cat chambo no i thought it was the black oh cat. machete yeah yeah i mean yeah both of them yeah like <laughs> what it, 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 was Machete in a zine where it kind of talked about his adventures? Oh, or... oh, you're talking about... Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I, I did have him in some comics. Um, was the Is it about the one of him getting uh, fucked in the... <laughs> getting fucked? <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, tell, tell our listeners, Taro, what kind of filth you produced. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think... I think how it went was like it was like the first scene is like uh like a young young cat like sitting down kind of like i guess favoring his his ass a little bit and and then like a father cat was like 
hey son fun fun night last night or something like that and then i think the next panel was like him getting like raped but <laughs> I, mean, I mean this was uh you know early aughts so that kind this of was when raping was, was cool <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, but again, you know, like talking about being able to discuss difficult subjects and even in a humorous way, you know, it is um, like, I don't, I don't really want the art world to embrace that kind of, uh, 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 what do you call it? Like, like when something's so scrubbed clean oh, yeah. that uh, antiseptic, like I, I don't, I don't, I I know that those things, like we're laughing at those things, we're responding to those things because they are powerful and they are uncomfortable. But mm-hmm. like, I I really gravitate toward that type of work. Like, uh, when I was in a relationship, my boyfriend at the time would ask me, like, "Why do you like all of this gross art?" <laughs> and I was like, "I don't even know. I'm just standing on my tiptoes, joyfully, like looking at this." stuff because it's it's it stimulates me you know it's exciting like taboo all the wrongness yeah yeah Yeah. i i think like you know 10 years ago or so like people were a lot more cavalier and like really pushing the boundaries on stuff like that and and now yeah now i think people are a little bit more careful but i i also think it's it is for the best like to be a little bit more careful because there, there's still going to sure. be people who are like, I don't give a fuck. Like, <laughs> yeah. I will draw well, the, yeah. you know. Right. I don't know, like, I mean, do we have to be alt right so that we can tell a joke? <laughs> or like, uh-huh. you know, it, why is it that like compassionate leftists are the ones getting the gag order when, uh, you know, Donald Trump can say anything at any point and never feel a repercussion? Yeah. Because we are speaking to the human condition, like the, the you know, all, all the blisters and boils mm-hmm. Or, mm-hmm. that are part of, like, you know, our human experience. I, I think as artists also, like, we approach it slightly different than, like, a internet troll or, like, a shit, a shit yeah. poster. Yeah. You know, we're kind of looking yeah. at it like... Did you say shit poster? Yeah, shit poster. Is that what they call? Uh, maybe. <laughs> it's been coined here. <laughs> I, I definitely didn't coin it, but uh, yeah. Yes, you did. <laughs> May twenty seventh, two thousand twenty two. <laughs> well. I think that also like artists are really in tune with complexities and these sort of like these these ideas that don't make a lot of sense like something like how we can experience both like pain and pleasure simultaneously mm-hmm. and you know things yeah. that can get a little bit more nuanced and sophisticated yeah so it's like as long as you're like I feel like this movie kind of did that in a way like nothing none of the I mean, most of the main characters felt pretty, like, developed. Mm -hmm. Uh And, you know, like, there's complexity to that. And even though... And and visibility to these these characters that we we haven't seen in other films. And let me tell you, so I listened uh, to the director uh, talk about how he found the um, Ernest, the child. Oh, yeah! 
And did you do you know about this or am I repeating? Uh, no, I don't know. I don't either. Oh, okay. Oh, so um, he was really unsatisfied with the um, the kids that were coming in to audition because a lot of them were yeah. like showbiz kids. Sort of, Showbiz kids like and theater, like theater kids. Yeah, very extrovert. He was looking for something a little bit more introverted, something yeah. a little bit more awkward. Yeah. And like these kept these kids kept coming in with like their jazz hands and he's just like <laughs> cut it. I, I totally just, of, see that. <laughs> yeah. So he actually just like went out in like parks and like where kids like, hang out. Uh-oh. And like I know it sounds bad. And I don't know if anybody could do this today, but like he was just like asking around, like, "Hey, do you want to be in you know, a movie? You the, yeah. Do you be in an in indie movie?" Which is super sketch, but I think he, the mom of the Ernest um, actor, actor now. I mean, he was just a kid before. Yeah. Um, I think she had a connection to some other movie. So like, there was a small little thread that. They were able to say, like, okay, we're, we've got some experience with filmmaking and we feel comfortable because, yeah, and especially a movie that, like, has nudity mm-hmm. and is about, like, sexuality. That's and right. Yeah. It's going to, like, make some... But he had a specific type of character, uh-huh. like, a little pudgy, yeah. you know, uh-huh. kind of dorky, <laughs> dorky looking. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I just thought that that was, like, a great... Yeah. Even though slightly, uh, you know... Um, unconventional way yeah. to find the, the yeah. perfect earnest because the actor who played him uh-huh. did a great I, job. I really yeah. like that this movie, I mean, other than uh, Soon Kang, like who was in the Fast and the Furious movies as Han, um, yeah. like, you know, this was like an Asian American movie that like, you know, pre Aquafina or, you know, like, <laughs> I uh-huh. feel like the, yeah. Hollywood now, like, they just like even in like I guess yeah you know the Hollywood like they've had media. a hit and now they can yeah they like use the same people yeah they've they've had a hit with an Asian Hollywood has had a hit with Aquafina and her projects and so now they're all like yeah yeah you know let's do this but previously they wouldn't take a chance yeah and I feel like they they're prone to you know like being like oh this is uh oh Asian. We got Asian superhero movie like well, of course we, we uh-huh. sign up Aquafina like <laughs> or like right you know like yeah stuff like that which I mean I like Aquafina she's cool like you know fucking yeah. make some money go ahead you know like that's awesome yeah, yeah. but uh yeah. I, yeah but you know I wanted to I wanted to bring up Ocean Vong oh yeah uh, the poet and memoirist who uh, did. Um, is it uh, on Earth? We're all briefly gar- gorgeous, and he's he's come out with a new one. Uh, it's about his mom, but on on Earth, we're all briefly gorgeous is about his relationship with his uh, immigrant mom and grandmother from Vietnam. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, you, um, I know. I, I hope I'm not. It doesn't seem like I'm going to it because they're Asian, but more along the lines of just like that immigrant relationship, mm-hmm. like an American kid with immigrant parents. And and like uh, Taro in your biography, just talking about like straddling different cultures mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, like where you're left to interpret for a parent or... Um, like them not understanding something culturally and 
like, do you identify more with your friends at school or with, um, you know, your, your nuclear family? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, definitely it's, well, I, you know, being, being biracial, like, mixed, that's, a, that's another, like, level to it. But, you know, for Ernest, for example, you know, he, his whole viewpoint is from a Western viewpoint, you know? And his mom yeah. is, you know, immig- immigrated from China. So, like, she has, like, an Eastern mentality about things. Like, I mean, yeah, it's, like, I think that's awesome just for, like, kids, like, you know, like, t- to see other viewpoints and stuff like that. But it also is, like, definitely a breeding ground for, like, conflict and, like, <laughs> having, oh, yeah. having you know, mom issues or dad issues. Like, even, like, w- with my folks, like, you know... Um, there's no way that I think, I mean, and maybe this is for every parent because, I mean, you know, maybe, but I was going to say, <laughs> but in my situation, like, you know, my mom is full Japanese. My dad is like American, uh, Caucasian guy. Uh-huh. Um, there's, there's no way that they can really um, understand how like my sister or I think you know, mm-hmm. because we yeah. we grew up with our eyes, you know, on both straddling both yeah. cultures and they, you know, they grew up with one culture. But then when they got married, you know, like there's some cross culture sharing, uh-huh. you know, um, but it's just different. And so that uh-huh. breeds like a different way of thinking. And, you know, yeah, um, as I get older, like uh I'm really, really pro trying to give everybody the benefit of the doubt where I used to be uh-huh. maybe more like, um, ah, that's, that's some white people shit, you know, like, <laughs> or like you know, some shit like that or like, oh man, like fucking Japanese people, they always do this shit, you know, like, but now I, uh-huh. as I get older, like, you know, I think more along the lines of like, okay, you know, they... They're looking at it from this direction. And then on top of that, I realize I don't know shit about them, honestly, either. You know, like, (laughs) just like they don't really like fucking know how like somebody who's got both in them. uh, (laughs) I don't know what it's like to be fully a part of one group. Well, the movie sort of does some of that, like. I think the Sam character was saying something about how Chinese people are concerned with like money and laundry or something. Yeah, yeah. he's so racist. Oh my. Yeah, and it's like, (laughs) you know. And and that's interesting too, to watch racial minorities be racist because Mm -hmm. like (laughs) there are so many examples (laughs) of it, but to be explored in a film like this, like, like, Asian on Asian prejudice. Right? You, you yeah. don't see mm-hmm. that very often as far as like uh, in an American... Well, first of all, Asian American films you don't see very many of. But like on top of that, yeah, like mm-hmm. a Chinese interaction with a Korean person interact, you yeah. know, and, uh, you know, maybe someday there'll yeah. be a movie where like we get, you know, several more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, <laughs> Taro, when you were living in Japan, I remember you saying that um, it had, um, how do I say this? That it had sort of become the vogue to have biracial Asians in 
uh, advertising and how it was sort of like more accepted. But for a long time, like it, like kind of pure Japanese race was like exalted. Yeah, I think, um, well, I think definitely for, you know, in Japan, I can, I can speak of, about Japan because that's what I know. Yeah. But um, I think it's getting a little bit better, but Japanese is so, I mean, Japan is so homogenous, like uh, a homogenous uh-huh. race that like they cannot, I mean, a lot of people can't help but like ca- categorize shit, you know, like, yeah. so any mm-hmm. mixed race person. They notice nuances. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any mixed race person is, you know, a half of automatically. So you're in that category already. Um, uh-huh. Any, they have like low key kind of racist things just in the system of like of their society as as far as like any like word that's not natively japanese is written has to be written in a different um alphabet oh yeah so they they have kanji hiragana which is like you know mostly for uh, kanji is like from china but um so japanese Uh words and and stuff like that can be in kanji or hiragana and then katakana is the one for uh foreign words um Uh (laughs) and so like growing up like i actually went to a um immersion school um Uh where half my day was in japanese half my day was in english and this was in virginia wow so i went there until i was in fifth grade but Uh they did not want me to write my name in kanji ever even though i have a japanese first name they would always want Uh me to write it in katakana so that's oh. kind of like little okay. stuff they do to to be like, hey, you're not really us. You'll never be us. But, you know, like, uh-huh. so uh-huh. E- wow. even though Japan is getting more, uh, I feel like they're becoming a little bit more open to things like even like trans issues. I think they're they're definitely being way, oh. way better, like LGBTQ, uh-huh. like they issues are like or not issues, but like lifestyles are being more accepted in japan like when i grew up like uh you know going i used to visit every year but like Uh you would never see like uh a queer person on tv or anything like that or a trans person on tv Uh but now now you do see it more or Uh and and not in a not in a (laughs) jokey way you know yeah not in a mocking way or not like the punchline. Yeah. Yeah, because that's... Well, there yeah. there was a character, I think you maybe showed me, that was like a leather man, and he was called... Wasn't he called like Gay Butt Man or something? <laughs> do, do you know what I'm talking about? Was that one of the like the, the tortoiseshell binding manga artist comics? <laughs> no, no, no. This was like a, like a comedian kind of guy on like... Uh, on live action TV shows. And I want to say he was wearing like, like a leather harness or like a bikini or something, but he'd have like sunglasses on and a leather hat. And he'd be like, and he was real like, hey, you know, like, like <laughs> kind of like jumping in and like being kind of like physically aggressive. Dang. Does that sound? No, but I, I, I kind of want to see it. I might have to find this guy. <laughs> And I, I, I don't think he was gay. I think it was just like somehow like an exotic character. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. 
One thing that makes me really sad, and this movie sort of brought it up, and we've already maybe touched on it a little bit, which was that um, women who are minorities in America don't like to date, like, within their race or their own identity. Mm. Where, and it makes me so sad. Wait, where was like, this, Aaron? I feel like you the, might... Yeah, so this was when we got this speech from Sam that was like, let me tell you about Uh, your Chinese girlfriend who's never going to want to date you because she's going to want to date a white white uh dude. uh uh And from what I understand, uh, this plays out on online dating platforms where the Asian men are like the least popular picks of all the swipey swipey Uh options Uh you know and i and i think white men definitely dominate those platforms and what is that like why are women are they taught to do that like what is it like the media that's been presented to them i always like the the white dudes that i dated were like super boring to me like i always (laughs) enjoy dating somebody who's like completely different background Uh You know, like, I just find that more, like, fascinating yeah. or interesting. I feel like K-pop might turn that around. <laughs> yeah, but, for sure. But K-pop's been around for a while, hi, But, but like, like, uh, like, Americans weren't necessarily you're aware right. of it. Yeah. You're um, right. In fact, my younger niece, I'm sure, if you get an effeminate Asian dude in front of her, she will salivate oh, so hard. Yeah. I mean, but I, it still doesn't, like, I just... I worry that, like, women are being taught that the white dudes are going to be, like, the trophy husbands that you're going to want to, you know, like, they're the, the catch. Uh-huh. And I don't, I don't know, you know. This is pretty tricky territory. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, like, a product of that situation. Exactly, uh-huh. like, yeah, like, white dad, Asian mom. Um uh-huh. But, uh-huh. I mean, like, <laughs> honestly, like, there's, there's, I think there's truth to that. But, you know, I can't mm-hmm. speak for everybody. But as far as, like, things yeah. I've seen, yeah. And then, like, um, I know it's kind of like, <laughs> this is the tricky stuff we were talking about, about, like, <laughs> I afraid know. to speak to. Because you, like, you, you start digging and then you're like, oh, shit, how did I get into the bottom of this racist hell? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And well, and it's just, it, it's, it's kind of just like wondering like what's like, what's going on there. That's like a part of the structure that is yeah. maybe well, like persuading people to feel a certain way well, about like, I'm sure there are thesis written about yeah, this definitely. perception of like, you know, what are we looking for in a mate? And is it like economic security? Is it like alpha mm-hmm. aggressiveness? And I mm-hmm. think a lot of that ha- or is it compassion is it sensitivity mm-hmm. you know because um if you think about like sexual um what is it like uh like sec- uh sexual appeal like a lot of it is very wrong-headed it's like you find the worst people for you the most sexy hmm. and so That's you true. know you might even yeah. find your oppressors sexy it's like, mm-hmm. you know, I want, you know, <laughs> like, it's almost like going into prison and it's like, well, who do I make my friend? The person that wants to kill me the most, like, let me go ingratiate myself 
so that right. like you know it's strategy yeah, yeah. Um, so it can have a lot to do with yeah just like self preservation in a yeah. hostile environment yeah yeah interesting um, huh but uh, huh. yeah but I, I think a lot of it is immediate construction you yeah. know like I do too you know like yeah. name name Asian actors who are like uh, you know heartthrobs and it's like I um, know in American Bruce you know what's, yeah. <laughs> Bruce Lee you know what's funny it just reminded me this is not, funny not funny but uh, growing up in the 90s I had a hard hard crush on Leonardo DiCaprio mm-hmm. but my dad was just like <laughs> why not Jackie Chan? And I'm just like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what? And he just thought, he was like, you girls should be into Jackie Chan. And I'm just like, I am not. <laughs> also, who's into Jackie Chan? Uh, M- M- Milan loves Jackie Chan. <laughs> oh, really? As I now an older woman, I oh. saw some, he came up in some of my research and I was like, He's actually not, he's pretty good looking. I mean, but as like a 13 year old, I'm just like, oh, you know, anybody uh, in their 30s. Well, also, if you look at the way like film stars are photographed, you know, it's Mm. like there's the, there's the lustful gaze on Mm. Leonardo DiCaprio Mm. and we're not Mm -hmm. seeing uh, Jackie Chan presented in the same way. Like he's not. Also, I was going to say also like probably we were seeing. 1995-ish Jackie Chan, which would be like Rumble in the Bronx. So he's already older. So if you're like a 13-year-old, you know. Those are not my movies. Yeah. Uh-huh. Back. They're not my movies today, but like definitely, you know, more into the <laughs> romance genre, yeah. uh-huh. heartthrobby territory. So yeah, they weren't being marketed to teenagers. Yeah. Um, but, you know, then you have to ask like, why not? Which was like, which is a dicier question to get into yeah um because he's not like your quintessential like white american heartthrob blonde right. hair mm-hmm. right. but yeah well, my dad was just like i don't know why what his deal is there but yeah. i think he just wanted to fuck with i think it's dope well, your era. dad brought that up <laughs> that's I cool know, right? i'm gonna ask him about that because i'll see him soon i'll be like dad what was that jackie chan <laughs> well Aaron, are you gonna talk about your crush on jim carrey I do have a crush on Jim Carrey. <laughs> I know it's weird. Right. I, know. I, I don't. I don't mean to yuck your yeah, no, like, Go for no, it. No, no, no. <laughs> Perfectly fine. I br- bring on the judgment, but if you can make me laugh, you have my heart and pussy. Like, yes. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> I wanted to ask you, Taro. Bringing us this movie about this kid that kind of struggled. I mean, I think all kids really struggle as teenagers. But did oh, you yeah. feel like, like, did did you feel like this kind of spoke to your experiences as a kid in some way? Or, <laughs> I mean, like, for sure. Like, was there? I wouldn't. I mean, yeah. I'm also of the pear shape. Uh, like Ernest, so um, I, I truly and you like to snap next to a dumpster. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, I really identified with that, and then being um, yeah frustrated, uh, like you know, yes. this fucking the the tale of the frustrated male, you know, like, yeah, it's so like, ugh. but you it's know, very relatable. I, I definitely felt that way, and. You know, not nowadays, like, oh my God, I, this kid, I feel like in nowadays, like 
I wonder if he would become an incel or something like that. Like I, I had uh, mad uh, incel tendencies when I was young. Like I'm so happy that I found Milan. <laughs> we got married. Like, uh, I like. I'm we are so too. Lucky. That's otherwise, whew. yeah, I could yeah. be. Those incels are scary. Right? Taro, I don't know if you want to talk about this, but I thought about this as well when you're talking about straddling cultures. Mm-hmm. And I know that like one of your best friends is a rapper. And that you had a music project at one point. Uh-huh. Was it was it Click Clack? Yeah, Click Clack. <laughs> yeah, do you, I know this is probably like one of those moments where you're just like, drop it. I don't want to talk about this. Oh, but, but, you know, in, in finding your artistic voice, too, like you tried on a few things, which I think is really courageous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like growing up, I was, you know, I grew up in the suburbs so and mostly it was like mostly white around me um Uh and i was being biracial like i'm ambiguous i I, sometimes i feel like i'm like white passing and then other times i'll look at myself and i'm like hey you're not white passing like yay (laughs) today um Uh but like um i i definitely uh was experimenting because I didn't feel comfortable necessarily uh-huh. in like, I didn't feel at home with like all the white kids and I didn't feel at home. Uh-huh. Uh, the Asian kids didn't really like accept me and in Japan, like, you know, uh, felt othered. So like, I think I kind of uh-huh. like tried to construct for myself, like a mix mash identity, like pulling mm-hmm. from like, culture that I like pop culture that I liked so like uh, yeah. like for example like I super got into Sean Paul in, like the early aughts and like I had to like do my hair in braids and like cornrows oh, no. <laughs> yeah and I have a photo wow. of, of my mom still has it of like uh me with like cornrows and Whoa. Yeah, and I need to see that. I, I will say I feel like I looked. Uh, I had the outfit, the Sean Paul Dutty Rock outfit yeah. as well. <laughs> I feel like I, you, you <laughs> always look good. I feel like you have really good personal style. But even when you're just like bumming around or uh, whatever, you have. I yeah. appreciate that. I I, I don't <laughs> feel like I, I feel like you dress really awesome, Hyde. Um, oh, Hyde, you are well. Good you're crazy because <laughs> I've been wearing the same T-shirt for four days. <laughs> we won't tell uh, anybody, will we? I, I'm, I'm sorry, our our audience can't smell me right now. <laughs> well, you should smell like super fresh, right? You just got out of the shower. Yeah, oh, I did just take a shower, shower. Uh, to wake up. Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah. Um, you know, and that is interesting. Like being in this kind of like the. 21st century and in America where like there's such a mashup of cultures mm-hmm. and here you are uh, biracial in North Texas and, and in Virginia too, I mm-hmm. guess. And uh, yeah. And finding your creative voice because you, you are also described as yourself as a folk artist and uh, say self-taught. Yeah. You did not go to an art program. You, uh, you studied, um, business right yeah i studied economics and uh yeah. and then my first year into uh college 
I got a job at um, a screen print shop as like a production artist. Uh-huh. And so I kind of that has parlayed into like a graphic art freelance graphic art career yes that i do now but yeah um i i recently have started identifying as a folk artist um i think Uh i think because like i just learned what that meant (laughs) but also also because you didn't go to art yeah yeah but also Mm -hmm. seeing like um well my wife milan just graduated uh just got her mfa from um smu and uh-huh. As a freelance artist, like I, I was just working with her in, in the studio the whole time. Um, so I got to see a lot of like the stuff that would happen in like the crits and like the hours meetings and stuff like that. And and I definitely uh-huh. was like, I'm not, I don't think I'm like a, a pro artist like that. So <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> definitely feel like I'm a folk artist. But I feel like I got an MFA by proxy just by <laughs> being oh, being in totally. Milan's studio and like hearing their uh-huh. references totally. that they give her that they gave her and, and so she had some like really awesome professors. Um that's you excellent. Know, being a folk artist I think allows a lot of freedom, you know? Uh-huh. And I know like I um I don't want to brag, but I have a master's in painting <laughs> yes. which I don't particularly paint so much but um i enjoy not painting because i don't have like (laughs) the weight of the academia and this like there's something about it that and Hyde, i think you sort of come at it from a, a place of like you know, like sometimes academia can really kind of, uh-huh. I don't know, it can be kind of a bummer. Uh-huh. A wet blanket, like too, yeah. too, too much weight to carry or something. Too much weight. Totally. Yeah. There's a lot of baggage with it. So I sort of, I see somebody who's approaching art in uh-huh. from that perspective and I really admire it. And I could have seeked that out, you know, somebody uh-huh. who like went to school. I'm like, oh, I want that, pers- right. that fresh perspective. Right. So I think it's like, it's a, it's a smart approach to be an artist, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're compelled to do it. You're doing it. And, and, yeah. and Taro, I feel like you're one of the most natural artists I've ever met in that you are just compulsively creating and you're not like fucking around. You're do- I mean, you are fucking around, <laughs> but you're making beautiful and like provocative work that mm-hmm. like, I'm just always really impressed by your output and um yeah yeah but um you know and so i i feel like you know art schools uh you know not to totally trash (laughs) a a whole segment of our community but i feel like they're selling something that's not quite there Mm. it's like Mm -hmm. going going to school can teach you some things but it's not going to make you an artist and it's not going to guarantee that you develop a studio practice and um and in fact, I feel like it might just encumber you developing a studio practice, like what you're saying, Aaron, where like mm-hmm. graduate school, like made making art a bit joyless or fraught. Oh my gosh. You yeah. know? And yeah. um yeah, I I love the spontaneity in your work, Taro. Thank you. <laughs> and like it's like you're kind of like a stand-up comic in your sketchbook. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah. That's great. That's a great yeah. way to... And improv. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. There's energy there that a lot of times I do not see when I visit campuses. Oh, yeah. Well, 
I, yeah. I think nobody's gonna look at it. That's why I think probably some of that is it. Right. There's a certain freedom to being ignored. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 I think I'm constantly having to like unlearn things from school. Like mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm. But um Yeah, it's it's complicated. It's even more complicated being a teacher. Yeah. Like, how do I do this? It's like a um, bad marriage where you're just like <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's gonna take me a while to want to try this again. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I feel like yeah. the 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 school route is cool if you can, because I mean, like I, you know, I'm just watching Milan and her cohort, you know, so I uh-huh. I definitely saw like shitty times where like they're like, ah oh, man, the professor was like, you know, gave me a hard time or like, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. They don't get me or something like that. Yeah. But um, Mm -hmm. I think what I did was a little bit envious of was the ability to spend like two years or three years, depending on where you're at, you know, like Uh and being able to really focus and yeah. And if you can do it, make art. And my my wife, Milan, like, dude, she can make art like (laughs) she can Uh she can really make a lot of stuff. So I think uh-huh. like for some people that are, are like that, it's like, it can be like a, you know, like you're trying to start a fire uh, with like yeah. sticks, but then like the MFA could be <laughs> yeah. like fucking blowtorch for you, you know? Right, um, right, right. Which, uh-huh. uh, you know, that's what I feel like for, for Milan, but uh, uh-huh. yeah. Uh, yeah, it, uh, she kind of treated grad school like an artist residency mm-hmm. because she knew what she was interested in she already had like a style yeah. she's working in yeah. she's very secure in and yeah. and there's people talking about her art to her which like to be honest like i haven't talked to any about anybody really about my art like other than milan like this is the first uh-huh. thing like i've ever like oh, wow. yeah so i i really appreciate it I, like it's like fucking i feel lucky like <laughs> we're going to mail you a diploma here. Oh, nice. ATM yeah. diploma. ATM yeah. diploma. You can be our first honorary doctorate. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> are we, we're imbued with that power, right, Aaron? Through the yes, we podcast are. Can I, universe. Can I be a magna cum yes. laude? <laughs> yes, you can. Yeah. Come, come, a magna cum loudly. <laughs> That's your degree. Right. I saw I um, think of this. This guy was doing this this lady and he just started screaming when he came. Wait, wait, go back? What? This guy was like doing this lady and then like um when he came he just started screaming. Wait a minute. I had where is this? Was this on like a movie? It was like just a clip that was floating around back in like the Kazaa Limewire days. Like Oh my god, LimeWire. Yeah. Okay, so this will be edited, but I totally dated a dude that screamed <laughs> when he came, and it was, like, really awful. I'm sorry I'm like, about that, Aaron. It's so loud. <laughs> <laughs> Why? I don't know. Hyde, have you ever tried it? I've never tried it. Screaming while you come? Yeah. Um... I probably have made some terrible noises. I don't think I ever s- 
quite screamed, but I'd be willing to try. Yeah. I'll try anything. <laughs> try anything once. <laughs> oh, I haven't. I haven't jacked off on a on a spell oh, yet. Yeah, I have I can't cross that <laughs> barrier <haven't>... yet. <laughs> so, so Tara was telling me about this magical kind of uh, witchcrafty yeah. um, spell casting. Uh, okay. Taro, uh, do you want to explain? <laughs> sure, okay. Uh, so let me just set a background to what was happening. Um, yeah. <laughs> my wife went to L.A. for 17 days with uh, her friend and artist Annalisa Minjades and her uh, fiancé, Brad. Uh, mm-hmm. And they went to a workshop called Build, Build Big, and it was about building large ceramics. So I was uh, alone at the house, <laughs> and I started, like... <laughs> getting into some youtube research and um Mm -hmm. i came across (laughs) that's what i call it too youtube research uh, i came across this grant morrison um speech he gave at like some i think it was like a satanist convention or something like that but it was about sigil magic and he has a comic um that's basically all about it but like basically the gist of how you do it i guess like an easy way to do it is like you write your desire uh like i want to be uh, i want to win the lottery for example that's the example he gives um you take away all the uh vowels and then you're left with Uh like w's and blah 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 you know and so then you uh cut all the extra like the doubles like if there's two w's you cut them all until there's just one all right. And then uh, so I was reading more. Other people do this, but they count how many straight lines there are and how many curved lines. Uh, uh-huh. So like, um, I want to win the lotto could become like W, you know, I, W, W, or I, W, T, you know, something like that. Right. And then you, yeah. you count the lines and you count the curves. So like B would be one line and then two curves. And then so like you take that those numbers and then you make a sigil or like an image based on like that number of lines or that number of curves or and that number Uh of curves and you know they like make it look magical or whatever and then so you draw this symbol and then you have to charge it and so some people like oh. will they you can charge it with fear apparently like they might jump off uh jump out of a plane to charge it i guess you jump out and you're like uh. looking at it or another way is to like uh use sexual energy to charge it so like you're looking at your sigil and you jack off onto it and then <laughs> i think lie. you like burn it and then you're supposed to it's just like set it and forget it you know like um just it, just uh-huh. be like it's gonna happen and then uh apparently like the universe does its like little synchronicities to make to make whatever you want to happen uh the big caveat is like if you say i want to win the lotto it's like you have to go buy lotto tickets uh-huh. yeah uh-huh. yeah 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 but <laughs> i was like researching it and i was super like oh, i want to do it but a part uh-huh. of me is scared because i think when you invite magic into your life like you do open a door to allow other uh-huh. things yeah. through and uh yeah. I don't sound like crazy. <laughs> but No, no, yeah. no. But like there's like almost like a tax or a surcharge uh-huh. 
that you mm-hmm. might not be aware and of. And so, like, yeah, yeah like, a, like a monkey's paw type deal. And, like, so my, mm-hmm. you know, my wife and I are expecting a child. And so, like, I feel yeah. like especially now, like, I'm afraid to mess with any kind of magic thing. Uh-huh. I feel like I don't have a child, but I have a very old grandmother. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm always, like, I will not, like, there's, I have a weird thing, but, like, I won't lie because I'm worried that, like, the lie will, like, uh-huh. come back and haunt mm-hmm. me. And she's so frail. And I'm like, I just can't risk it. Like, uh-huh. I'm just, I'm always going to, I always feel like I have to tell the truth or at least, like, 99%. I feel you, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. This kind uh, of magical thinking superstition about, like, Dis, like displeasing the universe mm-hmm. and stuff, mm-hmm. or like joking yes. somebody's. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, no. Oh, like jo- like joking, like oh, somebody's dead or something like that. Like that oh, kind of yeah, stuff. No. I feel like you send it into the universe and like you kind of. Sometimes, yeah, because sometimes it's like, oh, I could use my grand as an excuse to like not go. Like maybe it could say uh-huh. she's not feeling. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I don't want to touch that because like then it will happen. And then this I'll is know a why. great, great. This you is a know? great premise for uh, uh, like a horror script. Yeah. I was, yeah, I was gonna say that. Mm. Uh-huh. This sounds like some M, M. Night Shyamalan shit. Like uh-huh. something, you know. <laughs> all of a sudden, it's like, damn. They were dead all the time. We didn't even know it. What happened? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I was going to ask you about this zine fest that you're putting together with Tractor Bean. Oh, yeah. So, uh, yep. With Tractor Bean and Brett and Milan. And uh, so um, the the applications are open right now. Um, Uh People can go to, I think think dallaszinefest.com or go on to instagram to like grab the link so the instagram is dallaszinefest okay. at dallaszinefest or whatever um uh-huh. but yeah you can sign up to to try to vend um we are going to be kind of like judging who can come in it's like the space is not huge so like unfortunately not everybody can come in yeah. Who applies, but uh, but that's okay because it's like yeah, you you narrow it down. Yeah, we want to we want to make a good mix of people uh, and different types of, of stuff. Like Milan and I, Milan Brent and I, uh, all kind of lean heavily towards like illustrative or like comic type zine work. Um, yeah. So we'll definitely have stuff like that in there, but also like we want to have like poetry and like political zines and like you know. Um, cool. social issue zines and stuff like that for sure and and what what's the what's oh go ahead oh i was gonna say and we're gonna be running workshops there uh leading up to it that's right uh, with the rizzo press mm-hmm. what what are the deadlines for submission to the zine fest um i think it's it, it might be coming up let me see if i can look it up really quick i, I think this will broadcast in uh uh June. June, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. It w- it's been open all month. So let's see. Okay. Uh, August 1st is the deadline. Oh, great. Okay. So a lot of time. Excellent. Yeah. And, yeah. and when, when's the Zine Fest taking place? September 24th. Um, potentially, our. <laughs> so our baby is supposed to arrive September 22nd or 23rd. So. Uh, <laughs> Uh-huh. I may not be there. <laughs> <laughs> Baby's first zine fest. Yeah. 
Uh-huh. But um, we're definitely we'll be doing workshops leading up to it. So yeah, cool. excellent. Hey, well, thanks for being yeah. on the podcast. Yes. Thank you. Tara. Thanks for having me. This was so much. It was fun. fun to talk to you. I never talked to you before, Aaron. Really. I know, I know, I I know we've met, and I'm rubbish in social settings, so I <laughs> usually just like glob onto the one person I do know. Yeah, I feel so you, I feel that's you. my jam. But now we know each other, and I can glob onto <laughs> you right? and be like, "Tell me more about whatever." <laughs> about so that's uh, that's how I roll. That's how I roll in any any social setting. It's I'm working on it though. So yeah, awesome! I'm but yeah, excited. thank you again. This was really great, and thank you for bringing us a movie yeah. that we had both yeah. never seen and glad to have seen. <laughs> yeah, it, I so. watched yeah. Uh, <laughs> the fucking North, the Northman yeah. last night, and just like in contrast, I was like, "Holy shit, this is." So <laughs> is that another uh, movie from the same director? No, or is it's that... like a, a Viking okay. movie. But I was just like, "Yeah, holy shit." <laughs> But, yeah, heroic male archetype. Yeah. Well, this one's so different than the last movie I saw, which was Rosemary's oh, Baby. Yeah. So I feel like I've got whiplash. <laughs> right. I'm like, <laughs> Aaron, I was going to tell you, no matter how awkward you feel right now, you'll uh-huh. never be as awkward as you were in junior high, like the main <laughs> oh, character of the motel. Thank fucking God. Because right? I was a scraggly little, like, awkward ass. Preteen mm-hmm. <laughs> and jinkos and just trying to fit in. And honestly, with regards to like sex and all that, like I just wanted to hold somebody's hand. I was such a Aww. weird, like romantic. <laughs> like I knew friends that were having sex, and I was just like, ugh, you know. Yeah. And I was so innocent with it all. So it's nice to see movies that reflect that, you know, naivety yeah. and yeah. and the. The kind of shenanigans that come with it. I was going to say, like, if people like this film and they're into more, like, kind of, like, Asian-American type things, there's a, mm. or even, like, biracial, um, you know, Asian biracial film or shows. Uh, this is sounding like a porn. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> Watch, uh, no. <laughs> um, there's, a, there's a show called Pen15 that's, like, mm. oh, my God. Like, super I accurate. was going to. Yeah. Yes. That scene where she gets a bowl cut in the very beginning. I'm still laughing about that. And she's half Japanese Mm -hmm. and half Caucasian. Yeah. Yeah. That that show fucks me. That's an amazing show. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Her mom's like, what's that smell? Oh shit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's, that's, you know, and I feel like there are, I think things are getting better. Maybe not as much as we would like but you know i mean i can think of several examples where you have you know asian americans as diverse well-rounded characters and i'm happy Uh to see more Mm -hmm. of it so yeah yeah Yeah. and it doesn't mean scrubbing away their asian-ness either Mm -hmm. no exactly totally cool well Well, taro oh yeah Yeah. thank you We'll talk to you Thank soon. You. Yeah. Love y'all. <laughs> okay. Love you Bye. too. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.